Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Roll, Montezal. This is Sunday, December the 11th, 2022. This service was recorded on December the 4th, the second Sunday of Advent. The sermon is by Pastor Wade Reddy. The accompanist is Pete Temple. The lecture is Kathy Harms. Thank you to Paul Barons for sponsoring this week's broadcast in memory of Donna. Thank you for joining us today. Let us begin with the Advent Dialogue. Lift up your heads and open your eyes. Who is coming? The King Blessings on him who comes as King. He came as a baby in a manger. He came to be our Savior. With joy and gladness. He comes to us each day in the promise of his presence. Let us open our hearts to him. He will come again to take us to himself in heaven. Praise to you, O God, who gives us courage to start again. You fasten righteousness around your waist and baptize with the Holy Spirit's fire. Bless us as we mirror your mighty fire in these simple flames and teach us to mirror your justice in the paths we prepare. We ask that peace abound until none hurt or destroy over all the earth. Will you join with me in the prayer of the day as it's printed in your bulletin insert? Stir up our hearts, Lord God, to prepare the way for your only Son. By his coming, nurture our growth as people of repentance and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us receive God's holy word for God's holy people. Good morning. The first reading is from Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 through 10, with the following preface. Isaiah describes the coming of a future, an ideal leader who will renew David's royal line, the stump of Jesse. Gifted by the Spirit of God, this ruler will reign with perfect justice, enmity, and danger will be restored to harmony and peaceful coexistence. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, 
for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. The word of the Lord. Let us rise up to God and sing the gospel acclamation. According to St. Matthew, the third chapter, glory to you, O Lord. I'll invite you to go ahead and be seated for the reading of the gospel. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, claiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and his foot, and his food was locusts and wild honey. When the people of Jerusalem and all of Judea were going out to him and all in the region along the Jordan, they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he, John, saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these very stones to raise up children of Abraham. Even now the axe lying at the root of the trees, every tree therefore that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But the one is more, poor, more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. His willowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor. And he will gather his wheat into the granary, and the shaft will burn with unquestionable fire. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the coming Lord Jesus Christ. It's so good to be with you in this Advent season of the church here. So full of stories and imagery. Things for us to ponder about and to think about. Well, this John the Baptist seems to be a somewhat crazy character. I've often, um, as I've read this passage in the past, thought, wow, what is this guy, John? What is it about him that sets him out from other people? And to really understand this is to understand the backstory of Zechariah and Elizabeth and the foretelling of the coming of John the Baptist. This past Wednesday in our midweek Advent service, we were introduced to the foretelling of John the Baptist, 
birth to Zechariah and to Elizabeth. I don't want to go back into great detail, but you need to know that this couple was a righteous couple, a couple that came through the long lineage of the tribe of Levi. Matter of fact, Elizabeth even had ancestryhood going all the way back to the high priest Aaron. They tried to do everything right in their life together. They worshiped God. They kept his commandments. They brought forth sacrifices and they participated in the festival of the unleavened bread every year and making their way to Jerusalem. Yet they were without children. And then in their old age, can you imagine? It is so hard to wrap our head around this. God answers prayers, and we better ought to be careful what it is that we pray about because God is not a chronos God. God remembers those prayers that we offer up. And I have to wonder, on that particular day when Zechariah went to the temple, was he praying on that day as he entered the temple, uh, having receive the short end of the stick to go clear off the altar and make incense and preparing for the sacrifice, the blood sacrifice. Was he praying that particular morning, Lord, can I have a child? Can Elizabeth and I have a child? And there, as he came into the holiest of holies, one time, a life experience, you think about all the priests. There's just one time each year that we go into the holiest of holies and Zechariah had that opportunity. Here he thought he was alone and he comes up to the altar and he's shocked by what he sees. And the fear freezes him. And the angel Gabriel says, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for God has heard your prayer. In fact, God has answered your prayer. And so, Zechariah, and just the shockwave that went through him, he doesn't, he, he questions the, the angel after he explains how this child is going to be your joy and the delight for you and Elizabeth, and not only for you and Elizabeth, but for all the world, and that this child is going to prepare the way for the Lord. And he says back to the angel, and how can I be sure of this? And the angel says, because you responded the way in which you did, you will be silenced until such time comes to proclaim what it is that I shared with you. So John was born as we follow this story. And it's time. There are a number of days that need to pass. We don't name the child in those ancient days right away. You know, now, nowadays, I, I found out my grandson's name, ooh, weeks ago. It took me a long time to practice it. I'm sorry, honey, you're listening in. Trigvi, which is a wonderful old Norwegian name. And, uh, but you had to wait in those ancient of days. And then the naming usually came from the father and usually followed, followed the father's name or the grandfather's name of the heritage. And the elders had come to Elizabeth and John and John had been silenced. He hadn't been able to speak for months. And finally, asking Elizabeth, what should we name the baby? And she says, John. And the elders go, no, it has to be Zachariah. What do we name the child? John. No, no, it can't be that. And so um, 
Zachariah is getting really good at sign language and he asks for a tablet and he writes down and he writes John. And at that point and period of time, Zachariah speaks. And we have this beautiful song in the Old or in the New Testament. And it's called Zachariah's Song. And these words proclaim from Zechariah, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people to set them free. He has raised up us a mighty Savior, born of his house of his servant David. Through the holy prophets he has promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This is the oath he swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies. Free to worship him without fear. Holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. And you, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to repair his way. To give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And to shine on those who dwell in darkness in the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the way of peace. Beautiful word. That kind of summarize what the prophets had been prophesying. And when this e event now takes place, we are on the river Jordan Bank several years later. All we know about John is that before he was born, the angel said that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit and that he was not to drink wine or fervent drink. And he lived separated from other people in the wilderness for as it was said by the prophets. Today's gospel has brought us to preparing the way for the Lord. I love these banners. Carol, you're with us today. Thank you for your artistic work. Prepare the way. Jesus is coming. That's the theme for this Sunday. People are coming in droves to be baptized, to repent of their sins. They are questioning, is John he? Is John the Messiah who's so filled with the Holy Spirit? They're coming. And he's baptizing with water. The message of repentance is for all people. Repentance is always available for all people. We get an idea of this, don't we, in today's gospel reading. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, those Jewish leaders, those elites who read the Torah and understand God's law and do the things that are required of the tradition, they have done it all right according to the instructions of God. Yet they are coming. They are coming to be baptized. God seeks forgiveness if we're only willing to confess our sins and repentance is for all people. Repentance is a daily action. Kent Groff, I'm reading a wonderful book called Active Spirituality. And in his book talks briefly about repentance. I always, I, I don't know if I got the watered down version at seminary or not. But repentance I always understood was to turn and go the other way. But it's much more than that. It is 
turning our mind away from the darkness that seems to always get in our face and turn to the light of the cross and to make room in our heart to be filled with the fruit worthy of repentance. And so the Greek word metanoia, repentance, means, according to Kent, returning the mind and making about face in one's heart. Salvation is an ongoing process of repentance. We have been saved, we are saved, and we will be saved. Salvation is becoming whole and holy, continually returning the mind and the heart in the right direction to fill and make room for the Lord. Let's face it, we cannot escape sin. Our transgressions are ever before us. Sin against God and one another. Repent, yes, is to surrender and turn the other way and live according to God's love for us and for our neighbor. We need to let go of those transgressions. It's what God desires for us. We are freed. We are freed at last. If we think there is a sin that God will not forgive, I want us to consider what the prophet Isaiah said in chapter 43. Not one of our readings for today, but it was a verse that popped in my head as I was thinking about this. Because there may be some of us who think, wow, God won't forgive, but if he does forgive, he won't forget. And it's ever before me. It's like a millstone around my neck. I want you to hear this, folks. God promises to forget and remember your sins no more. Here's the verse from Isaiah. I, I am he who blots out your sins and transgressions for my own sake, and I, your Lord God, will not remember your sins anymore. As far as the east is from the west. Repent is a trust in God who forgives and forgets our sins. Let that sink in for a moment. Totally forgets, forgives, loves us, and calls us by name. Even though with God there is no forgetfulness, God chooses to exercise the gift of grace and mercy toward us. It is true. God not only forgives us, but as incredible as it sounds, God forgets the sins of the repentant. Think about that. Think about that. You are forgiven. From our human point of view, how tempting it is to remind someone who took offense against us in the past, right? We often carry resentment from our past and hold on to that grudge against others. We might even seek ways to get back at them or maybe up the score against them. When it comes to God, he forgives totally and wipes out remembering our sins. God totally forgets. If then God forgives and forgets, we too need to follow God's lead. Christ did that for us. That is, to forgive and bless the person who has sinned against us. 
How many of us pray the prayer of blessing upon someone who has hurt us, who has taken offense against us, who has sinned against us? Have you thought of praying a blessing for that person? I ask that we do so. And when we do so, watch what happens to us and what God is doing and what God is doing in that relationship and blessing others. This leads us up to today's gospel. John confronts the Pharisees and the Sadducees who have come for baptism. And John reminds them of the sin against God and neighbor through their, their traditions. But something is about to turn. Something is turning upside down. The tables are being turned because the Messiah is now living amongst us. Emmanuel, God with us. They hold on to their traditions. They seek to divide, not bless, but curse those of other nations rather than being a blessing. You brood of snakes with your poisonous ways ready to devour, who warned you of God's judgment and the wrath to come? Then sharing these important words. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. What just happened? Using my biblical imagination in this next instruction that John gives, he must have baptized the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You see, it is repentance is available for all people. The gift of baptism is for all people. I find these words interesting, this phrase, bear fruit worthy of repentance. And when I see the word fruit, I often refer to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, where Paul then lays out what is the fruit of the Spirit? What is the fruit in which God produces inside of us when we make room and open our hearts? But the fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness, generosity. I have to believe the Pharisees were not turned away or the Sadducees. Receiving the baptism of repentance, surrendering themselves, turning a new leaf, John reminds them to now live according to God's love for them, for their neighbors, for the foreigners, for others who are not of their tribe or nation. Then John, in preparing the way for Jesus' coming, shares, I baptize you with water for repentance, to prepare and to make room. But the one who is more powerful than I isn't just filled with the Holy Spirit, but is Holy Spirit, God and Son. He, he will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire, a baptism of transformation, nothing that you do but what God is doing within the righteous judge who will separate within us sin and righteousness for his name's sake. We are both wheat and chaff. If we think about the seed, the seed has a kernel in which is planted in the ground, but there is a sheath around it that protects that seed from rain, wind, and, and sometimes hail. And when it's done its job, it falls away and you're left with the fruit. 
We are both wheat and chaff. Or as Luther stated many times in his sermons and writings, we are saint and sinner simultaneously. God is at work in and through our baptism found in Christ. I close with this thought. A pastor recently shared that they baptized a baby per the request of the parents who had not been in church, who had no connection with the church, but they knew that it was the right thing that they needed to do. And the pastor was questioning, was that right for me to do that? Because as I stand at the baptismal font and make promises before God and before one another among saints and sinners, we promised that we would bring this child to the word of God. That, they would, that we would put in their hands the scripture and we would nurture, nurture them. And we would lead them in the way of faith. I knew that the parents weren't going to follow through. I got this nice little card from them. Thank you for baptizing our child, for giving this child faith. Now, where does faith come from? But what is heard from the Word of God? And so here, the pastor's questioning themselves. Did I do wrong in baptizing this child? Two thoughts came to mind as I sat there with others and thinking about them questioning. Number one, we will always fall short. We will always fall short. I fall short. We sometimes don't keep promises. We may not follow those promises that we made. But God always, covenant promise, is always kept. And I want to believe that when that child was baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, they were baptized by Holy Spirit, and fire, and word, and water, and transformed, and that God doesn't leave us nor forsake us, that God goes with us, that God is within us, and God will, through God's incredible ways, will be with that child, and when that child needs nurturing of faith, God is going to put someone in their path. For in baptism, what, what do we see? What are the benefits of our baptism? The first is new life. We are transformed. We are no longer the same. The Holy Spirit has been poured into us. The second is we have the forgiveness of sins, always. Remember, God forgives our sins and forgets our sins. And God gives us the gift of eternal life. There is nothing there that we do, but that what God does. And I thank that pastor for baptizing that child. And now we lift that child up to God to see what God will do with their life. For we know that when Jesus instructed us to go out and to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, what else did Jesus share with his disciples? He said, I am with you always to the end of the... Age. 
this with Jesus' words. Remember, I am with you always. I believe God is at work, bringing this child into the heavenly fold, with or without our promises kept. John's message is clear. Repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. Prepare the way. Jesus is coming. May the God of hope fill us with biding joy and peace and believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit lift us as we wait and we watch for the coming Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us affirm our faith as is found in the Apostles' Creed. I invite you to rise and to share together with one voice. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. I'd like to uh, share a couple announcements uh, with you. First of all, um, Paul Behrens, thank you for sponsoring today's radio broadcast in memory of Donna. And uh, so that others on, can listen to the radio broadcast on KMCH 94.7 FM, we're ever thankful for that. I invite the congregation to please rise and receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you, be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Liturgy, copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress, all rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A-729734, all rights reserved.